welcome to Tripod, our travel retail-themed video podcast series in association with the SIVA Group. I'm Martin Moody. I'm Roger Jackson. Roger, we've got a great guest coming on the show in a few moments, and it's going to be an exciting conversation, I think, for both of us. First, as always, I just want to do a bit of a wrap on how you and I see the industry. Any talking points out there? I suspect there's one or two quite major ones. I think, you know, it's been a busy couple of weeks since we were last on. Um, but I think probably the standout one for me, Martin, was uh, the press release from Heinemann regarding the Spanish uh, IENA tender. Um, and whilst the, um, you know, the actual news wasn't, you know, that shocking, um, I think we always knew that tender was going to be very, very competitive. Uh, and probably expensive, um, you know, for whoever, you know, is successful in that process. I think the fact that Heinemann came out with a very respectful press release, but also gave a, a bit of insight into actually how they're thinking and what their values are. And I think ultimately it drew a line in the sand where Heinemann said, look, this is the position and actually this has gone too far for us. And, you know, we're more interested in, you know, partnerships that are going to be, you know, a bit more equal. Um, and I think the new era uh, of their management team, um, obviously Max and Dirk coming in, and I think sharing that transparency with our industry is really interesting as well. And I'm wondering what that means, you know, for, for further, you know, for further tenders, as we, we know there's a few big ones on their way as well. So I thought that was worth picking out. Um, kudos to Heinemann for doing that. Uh, being so transparent and sharing that with the industry and also, you know, putting that line in the sand so we know where, you know, where their business and their values sit. And same to Aina, who obviously, you know, their responsibility is to get the best possible um, outcome for their, you know, for their, uh, for their business, which is a state-owned listed business, so essentially the Spanish people as well. So, you know, kudos to both parties, but really good for us and the industry that the transparency is there. Yeah, it is fascinating. I mean, I've been covering this business for over three decades, and I can think of very few examples where a, a would-be bidder uh, has come out with a statement uh, such as that. There have been a few examples of post-bid um, losers, as it were, coming out with some statements about terms and conditions. But uh, that was an unusual one. As you say, it represents a line in the sand, but conversely, obviously, also an opportunity uh, for someone else. And what I find fascinating, Roger, is that if we've got two mega tenders being played out at the same time, you've got Aina, the biggest tender in the airport world, by dint of the fact that it covers so many airports, and you've got the biggest single airport duty-free tender being played out at Incheon International Airport. And boy, are there talking points there as well. You've got the uh, the Korean big four, um, Lotte, Schiller, uh, Shinsuke, and Hyundai. Um, but you've also got a very large cat among those very large pigeons, as it were, and that's China duty-free group. Um, and given that so much of the traditional um, Korean tourism business is based on Chinese shoppers, Chinese tourists, 
um, to have China duty free in that mix is really fascinating. Now, I would have thought that if China duty free hadn't entered the fray, um, you've, you possibly would have had less aggressive bids, shall we say, from the Korean operators. They're all going through various stages of distress, partly because of the pandemic, uh, but partly in recent months because of the crackdown on the high, uh, the whole Daegu Commission uh, business. So really fascinating. You've got the kind of the wolf in there among the sheep. And um, now all the Korean operators are having to rethink how they approach this critical tender because it's a long-term contract um, and not one you walk away from too easily. So we're going to watch that with uh, with great interest. And just to Heinemann, Roger, I, I have been on the road a bit. I was down in Sydney for the opening of the Sydney Airport Luxury Precinct. And uh, among that luxury precinct, which wraps around the Heinemann area, Heinemann have uh, unveiled a, a new luxury beauty fashion and accessories area. It's it's mega sized, but the, the talking point to me is the quality. It's a beautiful execution. And if you combine it with this, this roll call of stellar brands, um, from from you know Vuitton to Gentle Monster to Tiffany and just about every other major label uh, in between. It's one heck of a job that's been done by Sydney Airport and its anchor concessionaire. So that was good, and that's good for the industry as well because we're seeing investment again. Uh, we're seeing traffic now back through Sydney. Chinese are starting to come back, which is really important. It's a very Asian Asian city, uh, Sydney. And uh, I came away from that experience really, really upbeat, as were the Heinemann folks. So um, there's, there's plenty of good news out there. Um, but as you say, lots of lots of talking points as well. All right. Well, with no further ado, as I said, we've got a fascinating guest. Shall we bring her in? Yeah, let's do it. So this episode's special guest is Isabel Thassa, Chief Operating Officer, North and Central Europe. Russia and Africa at Dufri Group, and one of the most widely respected individuals I can possibly think of in the global travel retail community. Now, Isabel is what I would call a youthful veteran of our industry, having joined Spanish travel retailer Aldiasa, remember them, some 26 years ago in February 1997, if I'm not mistaken, and having spent most, not all, of the intervening years in a variety of roles with the subsequent incarnations of Aldiasa, World Duty Free Group, and of course, Do Free. So like me, Isabel has lived and worked through some changing times in our ever evolving travel retail sector. Today, we're gonna to find out a little more about those years, but as always, Tripod is about discovering the person behind the executive from her early years to life highlights along the way. Isabel, welcome to Tripod. Thank you very much, Martin. It's really, really great to have you with us and we're gonna have some fun today, take you to our resident uh, duty-free island, desert duty-free island a little bit later. But firstly, as I said, we're going to uh, learn a little bit about your formative years and career. So I'm gonna pass over to my partner in Tripod, Roger Jackson. Roger, great to be with you again, of course. Uh, over to you. Hey, Isabel. Hope you're well. Hello, Roger. Very good. How are you? 
Yeah, good, thanks. We always start off where it all started for you. Uh, so I guess back to those early days. Could you tell us a bit about you growing up, family life, and then a bit about education, and I believe going to the University of Houston as well? Any standout memories? Yes, many memories. But uh, let me just first say um, I am from Salamanca, from, uh, from Spain. Salamanca, it's a very small town in the northwest from Madrid, and it's a university city. So it's very small, but it's a beautiful place. We would like to say that it's the oldest university in, the, in Europe, but you know, everyone uh, fights for that. But it's the university where uh, Cristobal Colón, Christopher Columbus, I think it's in, uh, in, the, um, in English, got the approval for the trip to, to, to South America, to, to, in reality, not to South America, but to the Hindus. So it's uh, an iconic place. And uh, it's a beautiful place. It has also uh, two cathedrals, so beautiful. And I will encourage you, if you go to, to Spain, to, to really pay a day and uh, visit Salamanca because it's a beautiful place that you can see in, in just one day. But it's also a place that it's, as I said, very small. And not only that the place is very small, but I come from a very traditional family. So all my family lived in Salamanca still today so uh, only my sister lives in Madrid that it seems like far away so imagine but uh, but all my family lived in in the, in Salamanca so my family was a very traditional Spanish uh, uh, family I wandered to the to the school I still have very good friends from uh, from that time I went also there pushed by my mother. My mother was a psychologist uh, and I say it was because she's retired. Uh, so, but, uh, so she, is, she was psychologist and uh, musical therapy. So she pushed me also from the very early days to go to the conservatory. So I studied music, piano, violin. I didn't want at that time, then I love it. But at that time I was just like, oh, I, I prefer to play with my, my friends rather than, uh, than uh, going to the, to the conservatory. And um, I think I am a very familiar person. So I, 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 I grew up and studied in, the, in Salamanca. My father, uh, he was an entrepreneur, also retired now, and he studied humanities. And I think he was very advanced uh, for his time. Um, also in the sense that he was always pushing us, and especially me, I am the oldest of three, um, to learn English. And by learning English, uh, he pushed me to do um, a year in the United States, in Oregon, when I was little. Well, first of all, when I was 10, he sent me to UK to learn the English, but he realized that uh, 10 in UK learning English was not an option, especially for one month. So then he sent me to, to uh, Oregon in the United States to, to, to learn um, English. And I remember that I arrived there and I thought, oh my God, I know nothing. I mean, it's when I don't understand anything. What is this? I'm lost. I thought I, 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 I knew English and, and now I don't know anything. And at that time, we didn't have internet. So no Wi-Fi, no WhatsApp, no connection with your families at all. And uh, they were, um, they 
could not come to visit because they said then she would be homesick. So it was tough as as being familiar to to really go to to a different place, no. And I think there is where I really learned to manage myself, not only English that I did, but also how to how to manage myself, how to be alone out of the comfort of your of your family, no. Then I came back and uh, I wanted to study uh, one of these two careers, journalism or architecture. And my father said, mm, you live in a university city and you choose two of the careers that you cannot study here in Salamanca. So he thought it was more like a rebellion no, from my side because I was out. And he said, mm -mm, you need to choose something that you have here in, in Salamanca. And then I was just like, not, not so happy. So I study law just because it was the career that they, they have like many ways out, no? that whenever you finish, you could decide where to go because it would have uh, many different ways. So when I was studying law, um, then th there was this program that it was called, it is still called Erasmus, and I had the opportunity to, to go to France. And then I studied one year in, the, in France um that it was also quite interesting for learning French but also uh, again learning a different culture no and uh, and uh, a different uh, a different way to to do things as well and then I came back to to um to Salamanca again and uh, and my father said okay you're ready um in Spain, it's not so common to, to take time for you to travel around, which is a pity because I really think that it's really uh, important also not, not to go straight to, to, to work. But again, he was very advanced and he said, it would be good for you if you do an MBA. So not, not going directly from, a, from a, the university, but understanding a little bit more about, uh, about uh, the business. Why business also? Because um, yes, law is something that um, is interesting, that helped me to be more analytical, to find the ways to understand that there are, there are um, uh, things that you need to study to understand also that there are things that you need to make an interpretation so that not everything is black or white, but you also need to, but I was much more interested on the, on the business side of even the loan. No? So, um, and, and then my father was entrepreneur and I think that I have it also in, the, in, the, in my blood in, in that sense. So then I did the MBA in, the, in Houston, in the, university, in the University of Houston. And uh, that for me was a shock because I thought I was going also to speak a lot of English. And it was, of course, at the school, but, but outside it was just like suddenly a lot of people speaking Spanish. So it was, uh, it was quite uh, interesting as well. So that's a little bit, maybe too long, but that's a little bit a, a snapshot of my personal life and, uh, and then also the, the career or the, the school that I've done. Your dad, your father, sounds really ahead of his times. He, uh, some of those things he got you to do sounds incredible. He, he, he really was really yeah, because it's uh, again Spain, nineteen um, seventies, 
So it's right. still a very traditional, let's put it like that. And he was really thinking um, to the future and how to be prepared, even being a woman. Because um, at that time, also uh, being a woman, it, no, it was not necessarily that you were going to to work, but maybe you were going to be part of a family, taking care of a home. And he was always pushing me. There is one thing that I that I learned from him that uh, that he, I mean, sometimes you know uh, they push you to do things that you say I can't, I I really can't, I can't do this, no. And he always said you always can stop think and think the way to do it but you always can it, you just need to think the way how to do it and uh it's something that i have always here no when i whenever there is something that i feel frustrated or impossible i said okay relax you can so let's let's think how can i do it <laughs> i'm very happy that he steered you away from journalism uh, isabel because the pay is lousy <laughs> and the hours are relentless so that was a good decision <laughs> <laughs> by, by your dad. Roger, back to you. Um, I guess then we get on to your career. And obviously, we're very thankful that it ended up in travel retail. But by the sounds of it, it didn't start in travel retail. It started in accounts. So could you tell us a bit around your first role, obviously, outside of travel retail? And then how did we actually, you know, get you into travel retail that we're glad happened? Yes. So the other thing that uh, that I forgot to mention of my early days is that my parents also love to travel. So I have been traveling all around since I was really, really little. And uh, and we were going to, to to many different places and always all the family together and uh, and um, yeah, traveling all around. So the travel part it was always something that it uh, that it uh, liked me a lot. So when I was in the when I finished the MBA in the in the states uh, and then I thought okay let me let me have an experience and I work in the United States for one year and as you mentioned it was uh, an accountant uh, company. Um, but it was more an experience for me to really have that experience of working in the United States. And I have to say that, uh, that um, I missed a lot the social life <laughs> when, when I was working there. No? So I, I thought, okay, it, uh, it's good to have that experience, but I would like to go back to Spain. And then when I went back to Spain, um, looking for a job was not easy because um, I didn't have any connection. Again, Salamanca, very small town, not in the middle of the big companies or cities, so I didn't know anyone. So I tried to find my way, trying to understand where, where could I experience also the traveling. So I wanted to have that experience with an international company. Unfortunately, I didn't succeed at the beginning. So my next uh, job was uh, in the banking industry. And, uh, and then all by the sudden, there was this opportunity in Aldeasa. Aldeasa was a state, almost, a, it was in the transition at that time uh, of being a state-owned company and, and, and uh, also privatized a little. Um, but I went to an interview and I remember, I went to that interview and, uh, and uh, when I went out, I thought they are not gonna choose me. There was so many people for that interview, and I talked with the people, and they were all from a, from a big families in the, in Madrid. And I thought it's impossible. I mean, they are not going to pick me. 
And, uh, and they called me and they said, well, uh, we loved your profile. We thought it was quite interesting. Would you like to join? Um, you will need to go to, if you join, you will need to go to Colombia. So there were an opportunity at that time to go to, to Colombia. And I thought, yes, for sure. Yeah, let me, let me, let me go. Then my grandmother, I think she was praying every day so that I was not going to Colombia <laughs> and and her prayers were listened, and then I didn't go to Colombia. So the project was kind of uh, canceled. I started in Aldeasa. Yes, I was there for um, like uh, three, four years in, as an analyst in the development department. And then there was a point in which I thought, oh, I need to have another experience. And I moved to Accenture, the consulting firm. And that was really, uh, jump because it was from a from a company to a, to a consultant company that you need to do things immediately in accenture i was in the um, in the strategic branch so it was not it that you have like more long projects but the strategic branch you have very small projects and projects that you work very close with the executive committees of the companies so i learned a lot I um, worked a lot, very long hours. Uh, I went to a totally different industry because it was uh, telecommunications. So I was working as consultant with Accenture for uh, British Telecom and also for Telefonica. There I learned the portals that it was called at that time. Google didn't exist at that time. And, uh, and it was really a very intense and uh, and uh, I have to say it was like doing another master. It was really, really like doing another master. I learned how to present the ideas. So um, not only working, but how do you have an idea, all the, the research that you do, and then how you put that research that you have done hours and hours in, in a paper that it could be maybe two pages because it was for executive people. So. It was, it was really quite interesting. And after three years, um, Eugenio called me and he said, listen, there is a new opportunity in the company that is investor relations. And I said, I don't know what is that. I have no idea what is that. How, why do you call me? I have no idea what is that. Yeah, it's really something that is new in Spain. It's still, we don't know, but it's related to the stock exchange. You will need to know the company. You will need to explain the company. We believe that you could be a perfect fit. And then it was another challenge that I love all challenge. So I said, okay, let's do it. And I enjoy that uh, a lot. It was, it, was, um, it was very interesting as well. Uh, you have to know the company upside down, high level, of course, but to a detail that you're able to explain things to analysts and investors, because at the same time, you need to, not to convince, because you explain what you believe, but you need to give credibility of what you're saying. So you need to have uh, enough knowledge of all the different aspects, and you need to, for sure, have a, a a strong background in finance to be able to also uh, discuss with analysts. But it was fantastic because it was a way that um, you learn from a different perspective what other people think also about the industry. I remember once going through a, through a, um, 
to a meeting with some uh, bank analysts and uh, uh, one asked me, what do you think about the low-cost carrier airlines? That was really, um, I don't know, really very long time. I mean, we didn't have the low-cost carrier airlines at that time in Spain. And I was just like, what is that? Low-cost carrier airlines, what are you talking about? And then I remember that I, I came immediately and I said, hey, we need to take care about this because uh, I received this question. This might be something important. Let's review, let's understand. So, and then all by the sudden now I have to say that in Spain, uh, the low-cost carrier airlines are the first airlines. Uh, so it, it opens your eyes also and to, to think out of the box, to think out of your, your bubble and to, to understand a little bit more what is going on outside uh, the industry. So it was also quite interesting. And then Autogrill bought us. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's just like a circle. And uh, so my, my position disappeared because uh, not only that they bought us, but they were taking us out of the stock market. So then um, I have um, the only Italian guy that came with us. It was then my boss. I was thinking like, why me? <laughs> that I have the only Italian one. And it was really a very nice experience. It was um, Silvano del Negro. And uh, he was uh, head of uh, um, the strategy and corporate development. So I worked with him for um, a long period of time. And then when he left back to Italy, I took uh, the position as uh, chief um, strategy and uh, corporate development um, with, uh, with um, Jose Maria. So we put into Jose Maria Valencia. So, but, but really travel retail, it was like traveling, it, it's in my blood. It's just like, I really love traveling, not only business, but also personally. So it was something that I was lucky. I have to say that they chose me in that very early stages because uh, I really enjoy all the journey till now, but, uh, but I was lucky to, to, to do something that I, that I love, that I really love. I talk too much. No, perfect. Um, <laughs> is there any memorable moments? You've given us a great overview. Any nice moments you could share? Oof, I have many, many, many different moments, as, as you can imagine, but memorable moments. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, everything in the in the in the stage has been really memorable. So Martin said at the beginning, we and and when I heard that Martin, twenty seven years in the industry, I feel really old. I don't feel that old, but I. But then you say that, and I'm like, oh my god. But yes, of course, I remember nineteen ninety nine that it was kind of like an accomplishment uh, when we were at choir. It was uh, it was also quite a like uh, like shock i have to say that right now we are also living a, a memorable moment because now we we are merging again with uh, without a grill so it's kind of funny um to meet my old colleagues uh, again uh, so that is uh, that is really funny when we were at choir also by dufri that was um, that was um, stunning because uh, um, because I was part of the executive committee, we were doing the presentations to the potential buyers. 
and uh, we did that those presentations but do free not to do free so but anyway it was it was kind of funny then if i have to say one memorable and uh, and um, moment that i am proud of it would be also a long time ago when we won vancouver so and, and let me explain this because it's kind of funny that was aldeasa so aldeasa out of the blue we were a spanish company with a business in uh, in the latin america that makes sense we by that time i think we already have a jordan the jordan was 2001 probably yes and then we have this opportunity to to go to vancouver imagine eh? vancouver <laughs> the other way you know of uh, and um and i was in charge of i was not in charge of the department i was working uh, for business development and i went to to vancouver and uh and um, i remember i came back and i said we can win this we can win this we need to win this and um I have uh, Eugenio Andrades and uh, Lorenzo de Benito they were at that time and uh, and they were telling me Isabel this is impossible I mean they don't know Aldeasa um, they have no experience how are they going to take the risk to to go to a company that is based in Spain and uh, and um, it's it's difficult and I said we can we can so we spent the time there we put all the energy I I think we were able to to convince internally the company that we could do it and we won it and not only that we won it, but uh, but also the airport was really happy uh, with the decision. We we are still in Vancouver, so uh, not only that they were happy at the time, but they were really happy with the decision. And now another memorable moment, also Roger, in this way, the other way around. I remember also a tender in the Australia, also long long time ago. So I went to to the customs office to understand a little bit. Okay, how is customs working here in Australia? What are the papers? How the I sit down with the customs officers, trying to understand. I didn't understand anything, anything. I thought we are not speaking the same language, and and I was just like that. Like, could you repeat it? Could you repeat it? I that moment. I, it's memorable, but horrible. I was feeling so bad that I was there with those officials and not understanding a word. And I remember that I said, mm, I might have a little bit more questions. We are running out of time. If you don't mind, I will send you the questions in an email. Could you reply? And I was thinking, please, because I, I really just didn't understand anything. <laughs> It was it was funny. Then later on, of course, uh, I have at that time David Mackay, that it's Australian. He works for HMS Host, and he was uh, also helping us with the with the, with the tender. And then, of course, for the next meeting, I asked him to join. And then it was easier. But the first one, it was kind of like I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't understand the word. <laughs> Those could be kind of like the memorable uh, moments. But for sure, there will be many. There we go. Sure. There we go. Well, there's such a trip down memory lane, but for me as well, Isabel, because I, I remember coming out to uh, Vancouver. Vancouver's the hometown of my my father, uh, rest in peace. And I remember being thrilled, actually, uh, to be invited out there. I was at the inauguration and you'll remember the airport was 
spectacular with the with the giant aquarium and the, and the river exactly. running through it and you put the you wrap this beautiful uh retail around it very very transformative um so it was uh they're exciting days and you talk about being in the industry for 26 or 27 years and feeling a little old i can tell you i remember everything you've been talking about and i'm <laughs> I, I think I've been in it 36 years, so I feel like the ancient mariner uh, uh, alongside you. But it, it's nice to hear these stories and, um, you know, all the twists and turns that uh, that this industry ha has taken along the way. Fascinating. Um, obviously, now we're in three very different parts of the world today where we're speaking from. I've just come back from Macau uh, a couple of hours ago, so I'm back in Hong Kong. And Rogers, obviously, uh, in Dubai. Where are you uh, today, by the way, Isabel? In the cold Zurich. So no sunshine. Unfortunately, today is cloudy, but I am in Zurich, in Switzerland. Okay. All right. So in our three different parts of the world, we're, we're, we're all seeing better times, right? We've been through these three plus horrid years of, of business. And although, you know, there are still struggles ahead, Life is a whole lot better um, than it's been. So how are you enjoying getting back to normal, as it were? I'm not going to ask you about financial performance or any of that stuff, because I know you can't speak about it. But just generally, um, how are you feeling now that better times are coming? Because it's certainly a, a more fun industry to be in than it's been for the, the last while. So, uh, yeah, normal. I don't know uh, what is normal anymore because it's uh, it's all uh, changing. So first thing is that I am really so happy that we finished the period of, uh, well, no, cross fingers, that we finished the period of the, of the, of the COVID, you know? I have to say that it has been the toughest time in my whole career. Um, not only because we didn't have any business and because the, the, we, my job was trying to understand how to survive, basically. So, okay, how can I survive? So, um, but also because we needed to, to get thinner and by get thinner with lower costs, we needed to also say goodbye to people that were really very good and key in the development of our company so uh, that for me has been really tough really I have to say toughest in my in my in my career so very happy that we are over that very happy to see people again at the airport I remember when I moved here to to Switzerland um, the airports were kind of like a ghost town there was nobody nobody but when i say nobody it was nobody and it was kind of like strange no like i i never experienced work but um, i think that that could be something like like that yeah so meaning were myself in my home country uh, directly no of course unfortunately uh, we have many wars around the world which is uh, really a shame anyway so it's really good that we are over that period and that we are having passengers again that sales are uh, coming up again not talking about uh, about numbers but uh, we are also very happily surprised that uh, that right now business is is moving up and and uh, but i don't know what is normal and i am happy also not knowing what is normal because that also gives you the the alert 
to really look to the market, understand the market and, and be ready for changes. And for me, one of the of the main changes, and I said at the beginning, is the integration with Autorail. So that it's uh, happening right now. It was already approved um, a couple of weeks ago or already a month. I don't know. Time flies. But uh, but that is going to be a huge change uh, for um, our company. And I have to say that uh, I've been listening to Xavier Rossignol, the new CEO, and, uh, and I'm engaged. Um, he's uh, really the, the strategy that he put in place. I buy everything. So caring about people, uh, looking for uh, new ways of customer service, looking for uh, new ways to combine both business. So I, I am really enthusiastic. And I have to say, I am also very, very open when I talk, eh? very criticism if, if I have to. And so I'm not saying this because I, I, I would like to say nice uh, words about uh, the new CEO. No, I'm saying because I believe it. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's encouraging. It's, uh, it's really encouraging. And I know it's going to be a change again uh, for, for our company but not only for the company, also for the industry. We have seen that already. So of course, Dufri is not the first one to go into the F&B. So I know how to grill HMS host. I have very good colleagues, uh, Steve from the States, Walter, um, and I know that we can do a fantastic, uh, we can be a fantastic combination. So really looking forward to, to, to see what it's going to come up uh, after this integration phase. Yeah, I have no doubt at all that you're going to be a fantastic uh, combination. And, uh, you know, we've tracked the food and beverage sector for quite a long time, yes. as you know, having created a, a food and beverage event and publication way back when, when it was kind of the poor relation, I would say, of, of global travel retail. It's certainly not now um, outside the, the US where it was always the epicenter of the business. It was something yes. of, a, of a poor relation, but it's burgeoning uh, in terms of sales, it's burgeoning in terms of quality, and that's all good. And I think there's all to play for, as they say, Isabel, and, and here we have giant merging with giant. Um, what a fantastic uh, industry story that is. Um, and it's just going to be fascinating, I think, for all of us, but particularly commentators such as myself to to track progress. Uh, we did an interview, uh, as you know, with uh, Xavier um, shortly before Trinity last year. I thought it was the best articulation of opportunity in our business I've ever heard. And I'm not just saying that because he's probably watching. I'm saying it because I was there. That was a one-take interview. Uh, he didn't stop. The conversation just flowed, and he was right on the message and it was his message you could feel it coming from his heart as well as his mind it was absolutely fascinating so as i say the the, the next stages are going to be just great to watch and and we wish you really really well with that just to close this section isabel um it has been a fascinating journey for you who would you single out as if you like your mentors or key influences along the way so um, personally, uh, my mentors are my family. So personally, my grandmother, my mother, as, as uh, two big fighters in different fields, 
my father uh, for the entrepreneurship uh, vision and pushing me always. Business-wise, if I need to choose one person, it will be for sure Eugenio Andrades. So he was the person that uh, hired me at the, at the very beginning. He was the person that rehired me. Uh, I fight with him a lot uh, along this way. Uh, when I was working with him, when I was not working with him, um, being uh, below, being at the same level, then being below again. So, But he always push me. So I have to say that he's brilliant. Um, um, I like him a lot. I become, I, I can say that for me, it's also a personal friend right now, after all these years of, of work. Uh, but it's, he listens. Um, we are able to discuss openly. So what I think, what he thinks. Uh, he always has a different point of view that maybe you never thought about it. So it's just like, where did that come from? I mean, it's just like, but why do you suddenly thought about it? And I didn't know. So he's really brilliant and he always pushed me out of the comfort zone. So, uh, and I always say that because we are friends and sometimes I said it not so positive to him, but I appreciate it. So because we are friends, I think he pushed me more than others. So uh, I always, but, but if you have this, I mean, you are asking me things that you don't ask the rest. And, and I, he always pushed me out of the comfort zone. Why, why are you doing this? Why are these numbers? Look closer, think more. So that, that I think it's, uh, I would say he for sure, has been my, my mentor. But I want to mention also, uh, Martin, I, I need to, I would have to mention a lot of people, no? Uh, Jose Maria Palencia, he was also my, my CEO. I worked directly with him many years. I learned a lot from him. I want to mention, and that's uh, the one that I wanted, Pedro Castro. And uh, you know him, he lives in Hong Kong right now. And Pedro is a person that I see working I think you lose two qualities that he has a lot, generosity and humanity. Really amazing, incredible. And, uh, and uh, I think it's important to, to, to also highlight. So um, he has been in the industry also quite a long time. I met him in Chile. So I was doing business development. I, I traveled to Chile and he was, Hire at that time, uh, and he was uh, running uh, Chile, and uh, that was the first time that I met him. He has a memory that he remembers things from my life that I don't. Pedro, <laughs> incredible. So that I have to to also highlight and uh, and uh, and appreciate, and of course then. Julian pushed me again out of my comfort zone. So I was corporate. I was doing a, a strategy and corporate development. And he told me, I see your CV. You never had an experience in operations. And I said, no, Julian. It would be good for you if you do it. Would you be ready to move and to do it? And uh, not only to do it, I needed to close one office, open another office. And I said, okay, I like challenge. And, uh, and then I did, and, and it was also, I think I, I really thank him for pushing me again and, and, and doing that. 
because I am now on the other side and uh, and I enjoy a lot. I, I really enjoy a lot uh, in that sense. So that would be kind of like um, mentors or people that I learned uh, during the, my career and of course open to keep learning. Sorry, I want to mention two more people uh, and you will be surprised. <laughs> um, John Sutcliffe. I remember him when I was going to Medfa uh, and, uh, and, uh, and both John Sutcliffe and Paul Topping. And they, they said, you are always working from behind the scene. You always work from behind the scene. You need to be on the stage. And I was like, I don't want to be on the stage. I don't want to be in the state. <laughs> I feel, yes, you're great. You're passionate. You love your industry. You need to be on the on the stage. And both not very happy with uh, my company in the sense that uh, um, um, Paul Topping, um, we bought, uh, Autogrill bought, but we bought uh, Alpha. So he was not feeling so good about my company. And John Sackliff, he was really not good about uh, Aldeasa entering in Jordan. So he was really, really very That's vocal, right. also not happy about us. So that's why also I want to mention, because not being so happy about the company, they were pushing me also like, you need to be on the stage, you need to be there, why you're not there? <laughs> you, and now I'm here and they are not, and it's a pity because I would love if they would have uh, seen me. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure they have been very impressed and happy about your progress since and I, I'm in touch with both of them they're still going strong as you know um, some really great them. names you mentioned and you talked about Pedro um he'll be blushing at, at that at that praise uh, Isabel but uh when he has the program we'll go out and have a nice bottle of red wine Spanish of course and uh and and toast you because they're very very nice comments that you made and and you talked about generosity and humanity when we talk to people, when Roger and I talk to people about you, those are two words that we hear uh, oh, back you. many, many times. So I think those influences have been very, very positive ones um, in, in, in your life. Okay, well, look, this has been fun, but it's also been a, a, a little bit about work and, 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 and growing up. We're now going to kind of go into our fantasy world. Uh, we have invested in a in a small plot of real estate out in the middle of the ocean. It's a it's a desert island. It does have duty free status, as you'd expect of us, Isabel. And we're going to fly you there on a very low cost carrier called Tripod Airlines that Roger and I have invested in. So you can imagine it's particularly. <laughs> particularly low cost. And I'm going to hand over to Roger. We're going to give you a few creature comforts to enjoy on the island. So Roger, why don't you take it away? So Isabel, welcome to our island. Um, you're allowed to pick one piece of music, whether it's an album or one track. Uh, what piece of music would you pick and why? Oof, um, I would like to pick two. So uh, I like to pick, um, yeah, I would like to pick uh, one album that um, my father have, um, I don't know the name in English, but this Trumbull table or something like that, that it's called where you put the vinyl records. Yeah, record player. What? Trumbull table. table, I don't know, yeah. Turn so, table, yeah, turn table. So my father had in the, at home a room that it was his room. Again, no internet, no Wi-Fi, no computers. 
uh, it was full of books and uh, music. And uh, he has this, uh, this uh, I don't know the name in English, the machine that you put the vinilos and, uh, and he always said, you cannot touch. You cannot touch. This is very, be very careful. This is something that only the grown up can touch. You cannot touch. <laughs> So every time he was going out uh, my house, I sneak in and I touch. And, uh, and the record that, I, that he had and that then I, I always play, it was uh, Pink Floyd, The Dark Side of the Moon. And for that, that is a record that it's in, in my heart because it was, uh, it was there uh, and I put it and I learned English with, uh, with that. Um, and the other one, it's, uh, it's um, and I didn't mention this, I love jazz. I really love jazz. So I told you that I went to the conservatory and I play piano and violin, but I wanted to play saxophone. Unfortunately, saxophone was not in the conservatory in, in Salamanca, so I couldn't. Um, the conservatory is very, very traditional. You cannot, you, you don't, and at that time, eh, now hopefully it's a little bit different, but at that time you have a script you play and you need to play exactly the same as it was. You cannot move hands, um, notes, very rigid. And for me, yes, it was just, it's the other way around, no? It's having fun with a, with a saxophone. So I learned saxophone later on and then I played in a jazz band. Um, actually till very recent, till I moved to, to, um, to Switzerland, I, I was playing in, uh, in the, um, in the Madrid. And then the record that really opened me to the jazz is a record that it was from Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong. And, uh, and um, also because it was one uh, that it was put by my English teacher. So this, he put this record that it was so that you understand the difference between English from the United States and English from the UK. And it's the one that it said tomato, tomato. So it was really fantastic. So those two records, the Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong together, and uh, and Pink Floyd, that is what I will take to the to the island. We'll of course let you have two because uh, it's you, Isabel. Um, which bit of reading would you take? So you've got your music, uh, book, poem, play. What bit of reading would you like to take? I would like to take a book that I have not read. So, because, uh, so um, a, a book that uh, that I would like to take is uh, one from a, is a Spanish author, it's Xavier Aldecoa. And he just published a book that it's called Quixote in Congo. Uh, that's my translation, eh? it's in Spanish. So I don't know if the book ever gets in English. I don't know how the translation would be, but it would be Quixote in Congo. And it's the experience of, uh, of uh, of living in the Congo. But then if I need to look back, so you ask what would be a book that uh, that uh, shock you, it would be 1984 from George Oswell, because I really think that it's amazing how uh, still today, um, I, that was a book that I have to read mandatory at a school. Uh, and when I read it, I thought, this is impossible, no? How is it possible that someone is going to check everything that you're doing and control everything that you're doing and influence what you're thinking? 
is the reality today. It's amazing. It's really the reality today. So it's uh, and it's uh, growing and growing. So yeah, that would be one that. But I wouldn't take that one. I already read it. I will take one that I that, that it will be new for me. Right, so you've got some great music, some very, very stimulating reading. We're going to give you, as this island has duty-free status, there's no arrival shop there, unfortunately, Isabel, yet. We, we're thinking about holding a tender, and I'm sure Do-Free will bid on it, but you're going to have to buy on departures, um, and of course you'll be buying from a, from a Do-Free store. We'll give you two items. They can be from any category. What would you take to while away your time with and make it more pleasant on the island a very good uh, wine for sure red wine i love it depending on the temperature of the island <laughs> if it's uh, if it's warm then it will be white wine if not a red wine and uh, wine from uh, from spain for sure so uh, i will take a pinto that it's from a toro it's a new area, new region that it's uh, starting to have very good wines. And uh, I will take that wine. We'll give you a second item, a, a non-alcohol item. Would you take a fragrance? Would you take a, an accessory? A chocolate. And I am dead here in the Switzerland because, as you know, chocolate is I have chocolates in the office every day. And that is killing me because I really love chocolate. So I will take chocolates with me. All right, done. Okay. All right. Roger, back to you. Um, finally, on the island, you can have a special dinner party. Uh, and I'm quite intrigued to hear your answer to this after your music and your reading. Um, you can invite three guests from history or living today, can be famous, not famous. Who would you have uh, for your special Isabel dinner party? So, Roger, reality. So, the reality is that uh, for a special dinner party, I will take uh, and I will cook dinner together with my grandmother, my mother and her twin, uh, her twin uh, sister, my aunt. And we will be cooking dinner with a glass of wine and classic music behind and having a memorable moment. My grandmother passed away already. Uh, my mother and my, and my aunt leaves, but that would be fantastic. But then if I need to think, okay, with whom I would like to have a little bit more knowledge of, 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 uh, of uh, and questions, then it will be Frida Kahlo. Uh, that I guess that uh, that uh, you know her so because I I think that she uh, she has been an amazing artist of course but also she needed to defend herself also and to in order to go through life and and uh, stand up not only as a woman but also as a minority so it's uh, it, uh, that would be incredible. And then the the other person, and uh, I would never be able to pronounce her name, it's uh, her last name, so I said Malala. But uh, is the the she's very young, uh, and is the lady that uh, that won the Nobel Prize for Peace. Uh, she's from Pakistan, and also defending the the women rights. Those two for sure. If I have so many questions to 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 ask and to uh, to and to be inspired, actually, and then as a funny note, I would like to to sit down with Matahari and understand a little bit, and maybe Cleopatra also to to understand. So 
those would be, as you can see, and uh, I, I am just realizing all women, because I understand that not only for the future, but also as my family, I, I pick the, the women. So yeah, funny. Is going to be one heck of a dinner party. There will be a couple of men there because Roger and I will be will be serving the wine okay. for you. So we'll, <laughs> we'll do our best uh, as well. That is fantastic. Well, what a what a great desert island that will be. But we're going to have to take you off at some point. You've got to go back to work. But for being such a good sport, we're going to fly you somewhere first on Tripod Airlines. That's really top of your bucket list. Somewhere you'd like to go. Um, where would it be and why? Um, I travel a lot. Uh, as I said, also personally, I have one bucket thing that I want to do when I retire and I hope to retire soon enough to be able to do it, that it's going around the world. So I wouldn't pick one place. I would really love to go around the globe and take my time to do it. So not, not in a hurry, not, not really jumping from one place to the other but really taking the time to do it and I would start in Africa so I am totally in love with uh, with uh, the continent I'm totally in love with the people really amazing amazing people and uh, and I will start uh, there in Africa all north south center even the countries where you have a lot of problems I I, I would really love to do that but all around the globe that will be my choice, if I can choose. Well, there you go, Roger. We're going to need a bigger plane, I suspect, yeah, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll invest in one, especially for you, Isabel. That I travel does, light. As it I were, travel light. I travel <laughs> light. <laughs> right. That does literally, I think, complete the, the, complete the circle. So we're going to take you around the world. And, of course, it, it comes back to the start of the conversation, Isabel. You mentioned Christopher Columbus, you know, um, just a, such a famous name and in exploration and an influence on you in, in early life. So that's you were kind of born to travel, uh, one suspects, and your career has probably taken you to places that you never dreamed you would go, just as it has happened with many of us in the, in the travel retail uh, world. It's been absolutely brilliant to chat. I have learned things about you, Isabel, and I think the travel retail community will have as well that we didn't know. Next party that we have, I'm going to have you playing saxophone um, and, <laughs> and maybe doing a bit of cooking because we hear that you're a great cook as well. But you've been a great sport. Isabel, what I said earlier about the esteem you are held with in this business, uh, is important uh, for me to underline again. You are not only, of course, very well known, but so well respected uh, for your integrity uh, and your ability and your humanity. Um, and thanks for being generous of spirit and joining with us today on Tripod. Thank you very much. It has been really fantastic. Although talking about your own life is sometimes a little bit uh, worrying, but it has been great. Thank you so much. Roger, I'll let you sign off. Thanks, Isabel. It's been absolutely fantastic. You've had such a um, huge breadth of a career, both, as Martin said, geographically, but then also roles as well. And, you know, with uh, International Women's Day around the corner, um, 
and the way you've obviously spoke around, you know, just by chance, I guess, by some of the influences. I just hope everyone in our industry and others can just see what an absolutely successful career you've had. Still nowhere near, still lots more to go, as you said. I hope you're not thinking of retiring anytime soon from what you said uh, about traveling the world. But uh, we're just uh, obviously very thankful for you coming on the um, on the show, but also for sharing with everyone uh, what an amazing career you've had. And, you know, when you were talking to me about your father, and the era when he was giving you that advice, you know, it's uh, literally I like cold running through me because I just thought, wow, what a visionary he must have been uh, to give you as that little girl all of that spirit and drive which has delivered this. So uh, thank you for sharing that. It means a lot. Thank you very much, Roger and uh, Martin. It has been really a pleasure to be today with you. You take good care, Isabel. Good luck with uh, with everything, but uh, with the with the free auto grill uh, integration, going to be a fun ride, I think. So enjoy that, and uh, all the best. Stay, stay well, and thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. Well, Roger, we've had many good guests on this show, but Isabel is right up there uh, among my favourite editions. I just thought it was an enthralling. Uh, encapsulation of a of a life journey, a career journey, uh, and we discovered lots of things along the way, didn't we? What a what a fine, strong, impressive woman! Right. Uh, I'm lucky enough to sit on the Medford board with Isabel, so uh, I've got to know her really well over the last 24 months, and she came across exactly how she is. Uh, I think she's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, by complete chance and coincidence, this week is International Women's Day uh, on Wednesday. And to have Isabel, albeit it's by complete chance on this week, I think just says everything about our industry. She is one of our biggest uh, female leaders and what a career she's had. And to hear about, um, as I mentioned, and probably a few times to Isabel, you know, the way her, her father supported her career from very, very early on, um, actually very visionary, you know, well ahead of his time, especially in um, in Spain in those days as well. Uh, it's just unbelievable. So um, she's absolutely fantastic. I'm lucky um, to have worked with her for the last couple of years, um, and I hope that continues as well. Yeah, I've worked with her matter many times down the years during the various openings she talked about the various uh, corporate machinations that we've uh, that that she talked about as well so um you know i've seen i've seen her at work and everybody in the industry as i was saying roger that knows isabel speaks extremely highly of her as you know so we're very honored to have had her on the show well thanks for being with us again another great addition we got some great guests coming up in in future weeks Um, but I'm going to say goodbye for now this is Martin Moody signing off see you next time see you next time